0: Greetings, this is Jason Hill, and this is the podcast version of Into the Gap, which airs every Saturday morning from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Central on WCGO Radio, 1590 a.m. and 95.9 FM in Chicago.
1: Hey, we're on. This is Mike Sherrick, and this is uh, Jason Hill. This is Into the Gap. It's Saturday, May 2nd, 2020. How are you doing,
0: man? Hey, I'm doing well.
1: Good, good. And we're broadcasting here from the social, uh, from the People's Republic of Evanston, Illinois, right?
0: <laughs>
1: so, yeah. Well, good man. Good to see you. Hey, thanks for doing the show last week. It was outstanding. I really appreciate it, and it's uh, you know really speaking to um, the absence of leadership that's been just demonstrated across the board in virtually every way, and just the the incredible amount of uncertainty we're
0: dealing with right now. You know. Well, you know it's to be expected i mean it's mm-hmm. again certainty you know we don't we can't anybody who thinks that we can live with certainty is convinced of their own infallibility we all we all have to live with a certain degree of uncertainty mm-hmm. and still be operative and still be confident because we have a, we have track records yeah against against which we can look back and say i live with a degree of uncertainty mm-hmm. And I was still functional, I was still operative, mm-hmm. I was still productive. But this it's it's only very young children, Mike, I think, who live who need to live with um very, very young children. Yeah. And I, not children, but very, very young children. You know, those children who need to be assured that before they jump in the pool, yeah, daddy's gonna get them. Yeah. Only very, very young, young, young children. Yeah uh, need to live with some degree of absolute certainty. But once they start exploring the world and they they fall down, they cut their knees, Mm -hmm. the the first bad dog bites them in the neighborhood and Mm -hmm. they didn't die, Mm -hmm. then the world actually becomes a very exciting, uncertainty makes the world a very exciting um, place that brings forth our vitality and our
1: our
0: exuberance.
1: If you think about it, Jay, (laughs) to have freedom requires uncertainty.
0: Absolutely. You
1: know, so if there was if it was all certainty there'd be no freedom and that's that's one of the things i'm i'm it it's really interesting this last week has been a just a incredible week it, there's been so much going on um it, it i i have a sense of um kind of a revitalization of our culture and our country to some degree we're in the early stages of it you know um this pandemic or whatever you want to call it, the COVID-19 event definitely isn't over. I don't know if it'll ever be over. Um, you know, I think it's it's something we're going to have to live with, not as, you know, find a way to coexist with it as opposed to being in opposition or afraid of it. And yeah, and and so from that place, it, it's really interesting to see how people are reacting and responding from it, you know. And especially in an environment where, there's been such a um, an absence of leadership, shall we say, you know? Yeah. And yeah. It, so it's an interesting, interesting time. You know, I, I'd love to hear, you know, we haven't talked till just a few minutes ago. I'd love to hear how your week went and what you're dealing with and what's going on over there with you. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. Well, um, like, I, like we've talked about this before in, yeah. that in the sense that these leaders themselves need leaders. Mm-hmm. Right. There there we didn't elect leaders.
1: No, no, we um, didn't. We we, we elected we, political guys, you know.
0: Yeah, we elected shaft shafty operatives. <laughs> and 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 let's be clear, the American people last you know, last week I ended the show by saying, you know, who are we as Americans? Who mm-hmm. are we as human beings? Yeah. And we have to be very clear. We we elect these officials to represent our interests mm-hmm. in Washington. Yeah. And when I said who are we as Americans? We didn't really elect leaders. We elected people no. who would represent our interests. And what are our interests? So we have to get to a sort of like a, a soul searching position and say, well, let's not blame the guys in Washington because we elected those. No,
1: people. absolutely. I, I think Jay. Would, what, yeah.
0: Who are we as a people? Who who who? Am, and not just a people. Who am I as an indi- individual? Each person has to say when I. Who am I as an individual? Yeah. Have I <laughs> have I sacrificed my life to crass materialism?
1: Yeah.
0: Right? Did I did I elect someone who would ensure that you know I remain addicted to my gadgets, to my fifty-inch mm-hmm. flat-screen TV mm-hmm. that I could change out my iPhone for the next every two years? Yep. You know that uh, am I responsible for the loss of manufacturing jobs in this country?
1: It's, you know, did I? Yeah. Yeah. Jay, I agree with you 100%. I I think there's only one place to look to start really taking apart and getting the root cause of the issue, and that place is in the mirror. Um, Yeah. You know, I I was posting a lot of things on Facebook about, um, you know, I'm a huge advocate for freedom and for full self expression and for individual responsibility. And, and what that looks like as it plays to this COVID-19, the rules in New York City or in the city of Chicago are going to be different than the rules in, uh, you know, Pascatella, Idaho or, or Davenport, Iowa or Omaha, Nebraska, you know, because this is this – is, there's a different experience in every place. And so, you know, we've, we're going to have to drive these decisions down. To to a really localized level. I don't know if we've got the leadership to actually manage that and to lead that in those areas. But nice. that that I think is what the solution's gonna be. But one of the things that I I put on and I got in a little bit of trouble for was this woman was ranting on and on and on, wanting a global solution to this problem, right? And she was she was okay with how everything was going. And um what, why she was okay was her job wasn't impacted. She was able to work from home. Her, her husband was working from home. She had adequate daycare because her, her, inla- her uh, parents lived close to her and they were watching her kids. So she, her structure was working well for her, you know? And yeah. what, I, what I made mention to her, I said, listen, it's bigger than just that, you know? And consider yeah. that your attitude is very similar to the, to the fine citizenry of Germany in 1939. The trains were yeah. running on time. The infrastructure was being built. The economy was coming back. Everybody was fine with it. There were only a few non-essential people. They got put on trains and shipped out. Yeah. And, and I said, this is how tyranny begins. You know, no, they, they make no. the majority of people relatively comfortable and, and uh, allow them to have the, the materialism and settle into their materialism and make sure it's not too upsetting for them. While the rules are being changed. And and I'm not making the accusation. I'm just saying this is a time of inquiry and to look. I'm not calling anyone a Nazi sympathizer or anything like that. I'm just saying, listen, this is how it happens. Nobody goes – I mean, there's not brown shirts walking up and down the street. That's not what I'm saying. But there are a few few leaders that are misguided, I think. And we've got to inquire. I'm not saying I'm right. But I think we need to look. And I think we really have to ask. And I think it's a great time of opportunity where, as a culture, we could – we could start doing the things you want people to do, to start beginning the process of critical thinking, to start looking at what does individual responsibility look like for me? So I, I'm kind of. Well, she, well yeah. her, her,
0: her statement is just, let me just say it plain dumb, because <laughs> there, there can be no global consistency because the of virus no. doesn't. The virus does not behave with global no, consistency. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Right. So it's like, who's. Is the dog walking you or are you walking the dog? Exactly. And right, so we have to follow, again, going back to this conversation we were having mm-hmm. before we went on the air.
1: Yeah.
0: We have to follow reality. There's an objective reality. We have yeah. to be detectives and look with a cold, unsentimental heart at yeah. the way this virus is behaving. It's not behaving, It's there's seven different strands. Mm-hmm. It's not, where there are three, it's, I think there are, well, there, are, there have been seven different strands, but there are no, like, three strands of this COVID-19. Yeah. And we have to look at how it's really behaving. It's not behaving with any kind of global consistency.
1: Yeah, I know. So it's, there it's, can be a
0: no global solution.
1: It, it's really interesting, Jay. There's a, a guy who's going to be on our show as soon as he can get here who is a high official at Northwestern. He, he's yeah. – he's, uh, pretty high up there. I don't want to give his name because I want to wait till he gets here and we'll introduce him when he gets here. But he's, he's a big wheel at Northwestern, you know. And he was telling me, he, he, he was telling, this is what he said to me. He says, it's nowhere near the level of uh, contagious as they thought originally. It's nowhere near the impact in the, for a lot of different reasons. You know, they never got to capacity. They never had, they were never pushed to their limits from a sheer body count, right? What they, what is really, really freaking them out is is there's no treatment, and the other thing that freaks them out is when people get real sick, it's just a horrible, horrible, horrible way to go, and the doctors mm-hmm. are there and they don't know what to do with them, and it's just it's just a tough thing to deal with, and it's changing the way they're looking at medicine, but we're gonna have to blow out of here. I want to continue this, but yeah, it, it, you're exactly right, Jay. There's no there's no one answer, and we're used to putting everything in a box and having this easy solution for it. So. Mm-hmm. It's, it's brutal. It's just brutal. And it's, it's, and he's, you've got these people on the front lines that are trained to, to save lives. And uh, uh, it's just not working. So I think we're going to have to go. I think it's time for our break. We'll be back in two minutes. This is Mike Sherrick and Jason Hill. This is Into the Gap. Thank you. <laughs> Hey, we're back. This is Mike Sherrick and Jason Hill. This is Into the Gap. Clearly, this is your musical selection from last week, right?
0: I know. It's mellow music. <laughs> it's just easy listening. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's the kind of stuff you like. If it was me, it'd be a little edgier. I, I clearly yeah. didn't get a say in the music this week, but that's okay.
0: <laughs> I like the juxtaposition, you know? It's kind of like hard talk and no punk, no holes. No hold bar talk,
1: and yeah, and then we'll have this uh, kind of Lionel Richie kind of sound. You
0: know what I we mean? Can
1: Curl up in front of a fire and have a cognac,
0: right? I know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, man. So we were talking, we were talking about how crazy this thing is and how it, and, and I was sharing with you like, my buddy from Northwestern is just, you know, the thing that's freaking the docs out is, you know, doctors are you, you know, amazing people. Number one, they're so bright and they're so trained and there's nothing they can't deal with except this. And, you know, it's like they're throwing fastballs. And they're getting knocked out of the yard all the time. There's so little impact they're actually able to make other than just trying to make people comfortable. And, uh, you know, the good news is a huge percentage of people that get it, you know, afflicted with the disease survive. And, but that small percentage that doesn't survive, it's just, it's just, my guess is, I haven't seen it, but it's just brutal. Like I said, I've had three people now I know pass away from it, but it, it, I guess it's just ugly, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then
1: it was a thing like with my brother, you know, my brother.
0: How is he doing? He's fine. 3 days done. Thank you. Wow. Weird, you know? Weird. Yeah. So and all and all these new symptoms like people coming up with strokes and mm-hmm. young people in their 30s and 40s blood clots. Strokes. Blood, clots. blood clots. Yes. Yeah.
1: There was a guy who is an employee of one of my clients. You know, the head IT guy, you know, got a blood clot 6 hours from the time he was first not feeling good till he passed away. 6 hours. Mm. You know? yeah what they found yeah. was blood clot now that's a new thing that they're
0: hearing about that's a new thing
1: yeah you know so this is this is it's wicked when it gets in you and it but it's not like you said today it's what it's uh, we're about sixty five thousand people and it yeah. might be underestimated by a factor of ten so maybe it's 75 thousand people have died that's a lot of people, but it's nowhere near the two million that was project, projected you know and yeah. it's it's more than the flu so you know you don't even know how to define this thing man so anyway uh, but what I want to, what I really want us to look at is the impact it's having on us as a culture, and the impact it's having on on kind of our approach toward life and toward work, and toward our expression as human beings, you know. And I'm curious, what are you seeing out there? What are you seeing as far as how people are being about this?
0: Well, as I said last last week, mm-hmm. if. If, if anything is going to save this country, it's not going to be, you know, these um, cantankerous, obstreperous children that we call politicians or the, the, or the you know, or the, the avariciously greedy CEOs of these corporations no. that should have been handling their wealth funds and are you now asking for bailouts while small businesses are still starving and yeah. still waiting for, Don't even. Um, you know, a little bit of relief. It's going to be the American people. Right. And you know what I see is I see two things happening. Mm-hmm. I see average Americans mm-hmm. who are not catastrophizing mm-hmm. this 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 COVID 19 mm-hmm. and are you know are are being cautious. Yeah. I mean, I my partner and I we 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 baked some chicken mm-hmm. for the neighbors mm-hmm. and um a 13 year old boy and and sent it to him mm-hmm. and uh you know, social, you know, they wanted to social distance. So we handed the chicken and yeah. had a nice conversation that lasted for about an hour. And mm-hmm. I see average Americans really, really just trying to restore some semblance of normalcy, yeah. while 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 staying, you know, remaining cautious in the absence again of certainty, in the mm-hmm. absence of some sense of certainty. But then again, I see some people are so convinced of their own invulnerability
1: mm-hmm.
0: that it's like a it's like a set of jocks on steroids gone wild, <laughs> on, on on testosterone gone wild i should think <laughs> and 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 that part bothers me and it's not because i mean you and i are big advocates of freedom liberty yeah. uh, you know all the amendments and everything that america stands for sure but there's a sense of responsibility and if yeah. you if, if you you actually are violating the rights of someone else if you unknowingly or knowingly spread the virus. Yeah, yeah. So I, I see. I see division. I see people who are not catastrophists. They're not alarmist, They're being cautious. You know, people. I go to the supermarket and I see people nod at me through their face masks and yeah. see their eyes lighting up and they're saying hello. Yeah. And and they're like, you know, standing. They're breaking this. People can't help but break this ridiculous. And who says six feet? Who come I mean, Joan I mean, Rivers. I you know Joan Rivers used to say, "Can we talk? Can we talk?" Yeah. Who who came up with this arbitrary figure of six feet?
1: I don't know, buddy. I don't.
0: You know, know what about. I'm saying? Anyway, yeah. they're breaking the six feet rule, and they're coming up to me like, "You should get the red pep. You should get the red onions instead of the the the, the white onions." This yeah. says to me. That. And yeah. we're both wearing our masks, right? Yeah. And so, Mike, I see two strands. I see people who are not defeatists, they're not, not catastrophists. Mm -hmm. And I see another set of people who are in absolute denial.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I had a conversation with someone this week and we're talking about, one of the things I see as a real opportunity with this is freedom requires responsibility. And I think people are beginning to get that. And, um, Jay, are you talking and I can't hear you? Is that what's going on? No. Oh, okay. It, it, it's the, the, there's a the thing. So, anyway, freedom without responsibility to me is a frat house party, right? It's, <laughs> it's, 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 here's what happens at a, at a big frat party when you get freedom without responsibility. You get a lot of drink and a lot of drugs. People get mm-hmm. screwed up. Someone's going to get punched, right? Someone's going <laughs> to probably end up getting sexually assaulted. And on occasion, there's like a young freshman somewhere ends up dead and that's not that's not how we want it to be right so we have to we have to bring in some responsibility the concern i have is i'm i agree with you there's this these unbridled knuckleheads that don't pay attention to anything and then on the other side these there's the people who want 100% safety and security who are yeah. like let's close like the bill gates of the world who let's close this thing down for 18 months that's just completely insane to me mm-hmm. so You know, it's all. I think, though, in the middle, there is a lot of clear-thinking humans who want to go about their life, will take on the responsibility, understand it's going to require something, and will move forward, much like you're talking
0: about. Well, we know, Mike. We know. You know, we talked about what is truth and reality. Yes. And we know that simply just like like tomorrow to just open up the state of New York and especially the city of New York. Oh God! Yeah as business as usual, would be suicidal.
1: Absolutely, there would be, yeah.
0: But but again, New York City is not um, the state of Nebraska or Wyoming.
1: Or Des Moines, Iowa, yeah.
0: Yeah. Right, so again, going back to that woman's um, sort of childish plea for a global solution for a virus that is not operating with any kind of global consistency Mm -hmm. is foolhardy. And I think that there's, The one thing I do want to say, and I want, I really, you know, I'm I'm not not preaching here, but I do want to say that it is kind of arrogant and hubristic for people to think that they can come up sometimes with solutions without paying attention to what's going on in the immediacy of the moment. And Mm -hmm. what do I mean by that? I mean that some of the lessons that we're going to learn will be will be will be wrought from what's happening in the moment yeah like sometimes you know solutions aren't to be got before a catastrophe or before a crisis arises. sometimes it's when you're in the middle of the crisis right that you that you derive a solution absolutely right absolutely. and so yeah. and so with people who like just want and they want the solutions we don't know sometimes you we we're learning the solutions as we go along yeah right so you have it's like working it's like i don't i don't mean to sound buddhist here because i'm certainly not a buddhist no respect to the buddhist out there yeah. i have my own i'm a christian but um <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but awesome. sometimes you know you sit with the crisis yeah and you sit with the enemy and this thing certainly is not our friend mm-hmm. and you learn the solutions by paying close you like the italians say you keep your enemy close in the mob in the mobster films keep keep your enemy close to you yeah right you watch it you're vigilant and you derive solutions and it really annoys me when i hear people saying that we should just uh, we should just kind of follow all models right um follow one model and unilaterally applied to all situations
1: yeah jason what you're talking about is so so you know i work as a coach and it's it's how do you create you know, how do you create change? How do you, how do you, because, you know, when you, when, whenever you're engaging in change, you're going to somewhere you haven't gone before. And that's really where yeah. leadership's needed. And what you're talking about is so important. It's the ability to engage with what you're dealing with. It's the ability to be present in the moment without concerns for the past. It's um, the ability to dig into and be with your own self-awareness and your own understanding of life. And and I think that's what's so important. That's really what our foundational leadership. It's not some policy, it's not some structure, it's not following talking points, which is what we got with all the current politicians. So I, I so I'm so aligned with you with that, on that. So that's thanks so, so much for that. That's awesome. Um you know, we're gonna we got about two minutes until we take a break. And two minutes is a long time on the radio kids. So um, but when we come back, I want to talk about. What you see is the future. What? How do you see us reemerging and engaging back into life in this new world? And um, and 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 do we? What What is the impact on our values and our culture? And is it possible for that American exceptionalism to reemerge? That's what. That's that's really the question. Of the place where I'm looking. And is it possible for us to? restore our freedom and and that's what that you know that's where that's where I love your philosophical philosophical viewpoints too too often I'm a little too much into the the weeds and you kind of bring me to a more objective viewpoint so you know you you cool with that when we come back
0: oh yeah Yeah. I've got a thousand thoughts always racing in my head
1: I know you're like the brightest man I know you know (laughs) thank you
0: (laughs) I don't see myself that way but
1: (laughs) Well, you're a philosophy professor, dude. How many people,
0: you know, that's awesome.
1: So, uh, yeah, man. Um, anything, any th- final words before we go? We got about 30 seconds.
0: Well, we just, just think about what ha- what's going to happen. The price of oil fell below zero, and China just came up with this digital currency.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, let's talk about that, too. We'll be back yeah. in two minutes, everyone. This is Mike and Jason Hill, and this is Into the Gap.
0: Jason Hill here, and I want to let you know that you're listening to the podcast version of Into the Gap, which airs every Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m. Central on WCGO Radio. Tune in live from 50.90 a.m. and 95.9 FM, the Smart Talk app. Tune in or WCGORadio.com. The podcast is available from Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. Find it, rate it, and subscribe. If you'd like to get in touch about the show or inquire about sponsorship opportunities and rates, please reach out to my co-host, Mike, at MikeShreck at gmail.com.
1: Dallas Cowboy Hall of Fame coach Tom Landry once said, a coach is someone who has you see what you don't want to see and has you hear what you don't want to hear so you can always be the person you knew yourself to be. Hello, I'm Mike Scherrick, founder and president of the Mike Scherrick Group and Mike Scherrick Coaching. We are an executive coaching and leadership development organization with offices in berlin illinois and oshkosh wisconsin successful organizations begin with the self-awareness and authenticity of its leaders and in today's world we are all leaders if you or your organization has a big vision or you know there's another level you can go to please give us a call at 630-643-6336 if you're one of the first three people who call us today You will be eligible for a free IMX leadership assessment and debriefing, a $550 value, free to you and your organization. So give us a call at 630-643-6336 and take it on.
0: Okay, back to the show now. Here's my co-host, Mike Schurack.
1: Hey, we're back. It's Mike, Jason Hill, Into the Gap. They changed the music up on us now. Now it's a little more rocking and rolling. I think that's Van Halen. What's that more like
0: your type, more like your type of music.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, you brought something up right before we left about the, um, I don't know too much about this. You met you had sent me a message this week about the digital currency created by China. I can only imagine.
0: Yeah. China surprised the world and decided to cancel the dollar peg in the stock exchange transactions and decided to, to deal officially and to link to the Chinese one instead of the dollar. Um, so what I mean I I just took some notes on it for the program. Mm-hmm. So what this means is that the dollar has become non-existent in the in Chinese trading. Wow. And and it means that the U.S. dollar will fall strongly against the Chinese one. and it may affect it in in global markets, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so you know where do we go from here? And then the and oil fell below zero two 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 weeks ago. Yeah. And it's
1: like, I talked it's to a, leg- I talked to a commodity trader of mine. It, it wasn't as big a deal as the, uh, at least for him him yeah because it was uh it was the end of contracts for the end of uh april i think it was or march it was march contracts and um and and i guess on occasion when there's an oversupply you can see stuff like that because they just got to move it off you know yeah but uh, and oil went up a little bit last week i think it's up to 20 25 bucks a barrel so that was kind of an anomaly that one thing that
0: happened that that doesn't bother me as much as this chinese thing yeah the chinese one thing we have to look and and it's not racist to talk about China. You know, I no. want to get this across to people. People talk. We're so politically correct I know. that right. when we start discussing, it, it's one thing to call the Chinese virus, the COVID, the Wuhan virus, because it's not the Wuhan virus. It's called COVID nineteen. Yeah. But it's it's another. It's not racist to just to, to to talk about the Chinese government or yeah. the Russian government or right. Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Right. And we need to. You know, where do we go from here? Well, we need to realize that. You know. This policy of America first Mm
1: -hmm.
0: has to probably, probably be revised. We need to, we need, we need our allies. We need, we need, we need allies because China is out to destroy America.
1: You know, Jay, on my notes today, one of the things I I wanted to bring up with you is we are at war with China right now.
0: We are at war. Let's be clear.
1: and, and, and China has done a good job of building alliances with former allies of ours, you know? exactly. Especially exactly. all throughout the Caribbean, right? Yeah, like, and in
0: Europe. And, in and,
1: Europe. and Europe, absolutely. Um, and when we have gone in and not delivered, they have followed up and provided the things that you know we, you know, that people were expecting of us. And I, I'm curious to see what happens with you know, China in places like the Middle East, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, no, we're we're, so, at, we're at war with China, right with the Chinese government, not Chinese people. Chinese people are
0: fine. No, we're not at war with the Chinese people who are, who are you know, no yeah. different than any other people on the face of the earth. People are people. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're at war with China. And, and you know, in the old, in the old, I would say, even, you know, under Reagan and so on and so forth, you know, we mm-hmm. would call our, our, or even the George Bush, our allies would, 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 step up and say, well, you know, America, I'm, I'm just afraid that we with this America, America first policy and what's yeah. entailed by it, that we've so alienated so many of our allies yeah, that they're going to say to hell with America, you yeah. know, you guys are on your own and we, we can't, we can't fight this war against China by ourselves.
1: Not anymore. No,
0: not anymore. We, not anymore. So we,
1: we are not the superpower. We were, uh, when the wall came down
0: no you know we're not we're not and americans have got to face this we cannot pretend that we can function as an isolationist pre-world war ii mm-hmm. country and you know this this is why this term of globalism i mean i study concepts very very clearly and mm-hmm. and i i understand in one sense what globalist and globalism globalist need, means but we we have we're internet. China is is an internationalist player. Yeah, and we've got to go back out there and reclaim our allies. We yeah. don't have to eat humble pie. Yeah, we don't have to be apologists like you know Obama apologizing for American exceptionalism, but we have got to be slick, smart, strong global players, um, as we once were mm-hmm. under various administrations, and 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 realize that. Russia is not our friend.
1: No. China is not our friend. No.
0: And we've got to see things very, very clearly, and and act when it's necessary in a politically expedient fashion, yeah. but also act in a morally consistent way, and see the world in very clear terms. Um, so I, you know, I'd written, I'd spent seventeen years researching this book on the uh, on American foreign policy in yeah. the last seventy-five years. Yeah. And yeah, so my publisher had con- canceled the contract when uh, my views on Israel became very known because the seventy pages were devoted to Israel yeah. and de- defending Israel, and they canceled the contract. But um, so I developed a sort of expertise in American foreign policy, mm-hmm. the morality, the mer- morality of American foreign policy, and and we can't step into the future as an isolationist, America, America first. Yeah. With all with what's entailed in that,
1: yeah. you know,
0: there's of course America should strategically put the international interests of its people first. Mm-hmm. But we we have to be geopolitical players. We're not an NGO. We're a country.
1: Yeah, you know, Jay, J- it's so funny because uh, what I see happening it, it, it's such a contrast between Obama and Donald Trump. So when Obama was there, I saw a pull toward globalism like being part of a group. And with Trump, he just removed it. And I think somewhere in the middle, we, we have to participate in a global marketplace. We have to participate with all the other countries in the world. We can't isolate yeah. ourselves or we'll get annihilated. That yeah. being said, you know, a one-world government or one-world viewpoint I don't think is functional either. And there, there has to be the building of alliances. We've been a, we've been a global player since World War II. Mm-hmm. And, and so the thing I'm curious, you've studied this far more than me. I'm, you know, I'm a, an American guy who's primarily Midwestern, and, and that's, that is my subjective reality. I, I'm not as expansive as you in that viewpoint. And I'm curious, other than Israel, who would you say are the, the most likely candidates to become strong allies with America or who we should become allies with? You know, well,
0: no it, one. Huh? we alienated all of them. We've punished Germany. We've told yeah. off France, you know. I mean, England is our probably in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've disrespected all of those countries. Yeah. We've told them off explicitly. Um, we've humiliated them. Really,
1: we've humiliated Canada. You know, we've
0: humiliated Canada. Yeah, um, these are countries that after nine eleven shared intelligence yes. with with George W. Bush. I mean. Shared intelligence before nine one one happened yeah. Yeah. Uh, prevented numerous people don't realize that the the reason that many 911s did not occur before v nine one one occurred mm-hmm. was because of the shared intelligence among the nations of the world, particularly European nations and the United States. Yeah, and right after nine one one, there was just an outpouring, not just of sympathy and love among these nations for America, but yeah. more importantly, not to get too sentimental here because I'm not a sentimentalist, right. but sharing of, of intelligence. Yeah. And my fear is that when China whacks us, which it will economically, mm-hmm. which it will with a cyber war, mm-hmm. all right, which is coming, yeah. which, you know, with, with...
1: Listen, it's already happened, Jay. The, the the whole breakdown in the supply chain was a whacking, yeah. you know? Yeah. No, we got whacked. We're we're in the process of a
0: major whacking right now. You know? Yes. God. And who's 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 going to say not poor America, but America, we're here for you. Yeah. That's 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 what we've lost. And and yeah. I think we need as Americans. I'm not looking to the administration for this.
1: No. no. Yeah.
0: I'm not talking. I'm not talking to the politicians. I think Americans need to just realize that. This is serious, mm-hmm. and in a time of war, you—we don't. Americans haven't uh, in, personally insulted, but they need to hold their political actors accountable. What, and yeah. we need to—we need to be global geo players once more. And I like the—I like the language of dominance mm-hmm. because I think dominance is leadership, moral, ethical leadership.
1: Yeah, yeah, right? it, That's ultimately leadership is leading the way. Leading the way is providing something that wasn't there before.
0: Right. And it's not going to be Italy. It's not going to be no. Greece. It's no. not going to be France. It's yeah. not going to be Canada that barely has a military. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not going to be any of these countries. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to be England that is still suffering from the fall. And I don't think Brexit was necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. Um, right. There were, yeah. You know, but it's, it's going to be, it, it should be America.
1: It, it absolutely has to be America. And I think we've got to go back and we've got to be you know, the leader, we've got to be the beacon for what freedom looks like. And I think we could be, you know, I I think it's possible to restore the relationships with some of these European countries. It's funny. I just got a text message from one of our listeners who, um, spends a lot of time in central and South America. And he points to that. The Chinese in San Jose, Costa Rica built a stadium at no cost. And that the Chinese have venture projects all over Ecuador, um, and he states he was there last fall, and he's got you know they're building infrastructure projects all throughout Ecuador and supplying mm-hmm. infrastructure to these countries in our half of the world that you know have traditionally been allies of ours. That now you know who's indebted to who now, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. So exactly. Yeah, exactly. it's um,
1: it's it's pretty mean, remarkable.
0: Mean, meanwhile, in the country that I was born in, Jamaica. Yeah. You know what we do? We we are threatening the government. Uh, The Trump administration has threatened to retract the visas of anyone who's doing business with the Chinese.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. This is just not a solution. This is not a good solution. This does not look pretty. Yeah. Right. Not you don't threaten a poor third world country uh, with the retraction of visas. Well, and not not only
1: that, if you're doing business with someone, you can't put prohibition on it without an alternative before that.
0: Thank you. It just doesn't
1: make any sense.
0: I mean, well, this is, oh
1: my God, for a guy that's done so much business, sometimes I'm, I wonder where he comes. Well, he's just, he's a developer and he's, he, yeah, I, 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 listen, I dealt with developers before he was elected and I know what they're like. And they're short sighted. They're all about the result and they don't, they don't care. Like the means doesn't matter to them. So we're going to have to take a break in a little bit and then close up for the day. But Jay, it's just, uh, this is, this is stuff we got to look at. And I think the gift of this is the things that were hidden are starting to become, come to the surface. This is Mike Sherrick, Jason Hill. This is Into the Gap on WCGO Chicago. Hey, we're back. This is Mike Sherrick. This is Jason Hill. This is Into the Gap. Welcome back with us, everyone. Yeah, Jay, you were, um, you were pointing to, like, what's it going to take? And, you know, what's it going to take for us to really, like, we are in a, it's a non-bullet war. It, it, we're not yeah. firing at each other, but it's a war nonetheless, and it's impacting our freedom. It's impacting our viability as a, as a nation. What, right. what do we, how do we, how do we get out of this?
0: Well, one thing I think is like, look, we've, we've been demonizing the wrong people. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we've got to, we've got to undo these shibboleths. So we're building a wall.
1: What word was yeah. that? Shibboleth? What is that?
0: It's like an untruth. It's like, a oh, myth. okay. Good man. Good so, word. <laughs> Yeah. Big words. Yeah. Um, I like it. I mean, no, it's a good know. word, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we're building a wall. Mexicans are not our enemies. No, most of the Mexicans I know are good entrepreneurial people. Oh my God, dude. You know, yeah. you know, we, we should, we should have border. We should control our borders. Sure. Illegal, illegal immigration is wrong, mm-hmm. but you know, Islamic Jihadists <sighs> pose a greater threat to the security, national security of this country than Mexicans. So we've got to stop demonizing the wrong people and you know, I, China pose poses a greater threat to this country than those poor little Mexicans trying to cross the border. Just
1: just for one second, Jay, what I want what I'd like everyone to do is go out today and when you whenever you're dealing with anything on the external, right, look who the frontline workers are. Exactly. Look who the people you're interacting, look who the construction workers are, the landscapers, yes. the people pouring concrete, the people painting your house, the people putting the roof on, the people delivering your groceries. You know, the people taking care of people in healthcare care facilities, it, it's a huge percentage of them are Hispanic. And in Chicago, most of the Hispanic people are Mexican.
0: Exactly. You know,
1: so I am, do- the- I am done with the argument in Mexico. I love Mexico. I love Mexican people. I love everything about it. It's like one of my favorite places to go. Yes. I, almost, I almost moved down there. You know, I was like four yeah. days away from moving down there. You know,
0: they're not setting off bombs. No. And they're not, and they're and not they're attacking not- us you know right right yeah I, again so yeah. we need so we need to just redraw the lines yeah. and determine who the who the real adversaries and enemies are
1: yeah
0: right yeah. and we need to get we get really clear and smart yeah. about weaponizing our young people yeah and i use that term very clearly we mm-hmm. need to weaponize our young people for this war mm-hmm. that we are in yeah that the old way is not working that there's a massive shortage of people to fight the cyber war mm-hmm. that we are engaged in. I know at my school, the PhD programs in computer science and IT, we don't have enough Americans, and this is across the nation, to fill those programs. Who, are, who, who filled those programs? East Indians and Chinese.
1: My question is, so, is Jay, how many of the people that come here get educated in engineering, computer science, hard sciences that are Chinese, stay here, or go back home. You know, i say
0: most well with our with our well again. You know, with our um, draconian immigration policies, they go back home. Most of them are going back home. Wow! And one of them, when I was in China a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. Mike, I have to share this with your listeners. When, when I was in China a couple of years ago, I was there at the invitation of the Chinese government to give a series of lectures on world citizenship, mm-hmm. and a Chinese economist sat me down and and he said that he came to America twenty five years ago. To live the american dream mm-hmm. and he said he had young children one was six one was eight mm-hmm. and he and a, a number of chinese went back to china and he said in droves and i said why he said to live the chinese dream and you know me i scott i'm like there's no such thing as a chinese mm-hmm. dream and my american colleagues and i were kind of like he says well yes there is there's the chinese that in the future there's going to be the chinese dream
1: mm-hmm.
0: and my kids lives are going to be better off in, a, mm-hmm. in China. Than in America. Yeah. And that's why I took my kids out of out of America. And so, you know, we I said last week, mm-hmm. I'm not an advocate of the welfare state, yeah. but when it comes to the applying the welfareism and, and bailouts for rich multi-billion corporations, mm-hmm. that is affirmative action for the rich. Yep. We say yes, but we can't weaponize our young people, we can't incentivize our young people to go into, and there are various ways to do this, mm-hmm. to go into science, technology. Instead, they go into finance, as you said, yeah. before the break. Yeah. Right? And why are they doing this? They're doing this because they don't believe in their country anymore. Right? They don't believe in America. They don't believe that America stands for anything beyond their crass
1: materialism. Materialism and consumerism. Yeah, yeah
0: absolutely. They don't believe that America is a beacon of light and hope in the world and that they can play a part in this, and this is what we've we've got to play our role yeah. in in fostering and engendering in people once more a healthy patriotism, not some mindless flag waving no. patriotism, you know, gung ho no. at the expense of foreigners or immigrants, no. us or them, but a healthy that America is an exceptional country to which people look for leadership, people pin their aspirational identities towards us, towards America.
1: Jay, yeah. You
0: know what I mean?
1: Yeah, absolutely, my friend. Because what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing from you is, is so much what I believe, is that one of the reasons that, you know, America is a long way from perfect. We've pointed to all the flaws today, or most of the flaws. We're a long way from perfect, but what we are is free. And with freedom, you have both the opportunity to fail and to thrive. Yeah, that's why, you know, that's why I love your book so much. You came here with a clear agenda and you worked your butt off and you achieved your dream, your version of what the American dream is. Every person who lives here, everyone who lives in America has the opportunity to do that if they're willing to. Mm-hmm. And it's not just the arrival point. I'm going to assert that in your journey from the time the plane was landing in Atlanta to, to today— the most joy has been in the journey, not in the destination. Exactly. You know, and the ability to live life on your terms, to live life fully expressed—it didn't occur when you got tenure at DePaul. No. It occurred long before that. You know,
0: it and, happened when I was working forty-five hours a, a week to put myself through school. Absolutely. I was happy. I was free. I said in the book, "I was, I was, I was poor. Yeah. Came a middle class, mm-hmm. I a mid, but I was, I started from scratch, so yeah. I was still, I was poor." But I was the happiest I'd ever been because yeah. I was free, you know? Yeah. And and, 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 and there's dignity in that freedom.
1: Absolutely. There, there absolutely is. There's been a period of my life, like one of them is now, I, I mean, I had the experience of being completely free. I love my life. I celebrate it every day. And there were periods before that where it wasn't that way. And then there were periods before that where that you look back, there were struggle, they were challenging, and they were the complete expression of who I was. And so... It's it's been you know it's the journey and and I think that's what we gotta we gotta bring back is letting people know that the real freedom is in the engagement that you were talking about earlier and in the expression of one's self and in the taking on the challenges and I, I think that's a real gift of this COVID nineteen thing yeah um, it, it's it's a, a time to recalibrate to restore uh, to restore leadership in a way we haven't had it in quite some time yeah so. So we got about, and, yeah, go ahead, man. We got a few minutes. No, and and yeah. to
0: also feel, to feel a kinship with your fellow Americans. Oh, American.
1: absolutely. You know, yeah. again,
0: we started the show by saying, you know, we like people who support policies that yeah. send jobs, outsource jobs outside of America. Yeah. Because it's going to be cheaper for us to buy certain goods. Well, you don't have to have a new iPhone every two years. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. If it means that your fellow American can achieve the American dream, yeah, if you pay just a little bit more for a product that's going to last Mm -hmm. five years or ten years instead of you trading it out every two years. Yeah. That's one way of expressing love for your fellow human absolutely fellow human being. I think that's it. Look look within the soul and say, what does it mean for me to love my fellow American? What's the closest way I can love him or her? you know, That's, and it, and, and, and so don't blame the politicians. Cause you elected those politicians. Exactly.
1: When elected policies. Well, man, it's going to be time to roll. We got to go. It's uh, thanks so much for your, your brilliance and everyone go out there and love your fellow human, man. Like enjoy yes. life, live, 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 live life to the highest that way you can. This is Absolutely. Mike Sherrick. This is uh, Jason Hill. This is into the gap WCGL radio. Thank you for listening. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to do this. Have a great day. Bye-bye.